church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood to a sick man. D.L. Moody Welcome back to this week's edition of Someone's Praying for You with Evangelist Oliver Areza. The definition of essential is what is necessary for things to exist. Today is part two of the series Why Church is Essential. The stories go on and on about members of good churches that never made it back to church. Once the shelter in place lockdowns, and mandates began to lift. In this series, Brother Areza will give many biblical reasons for faithful church attendance. With your Bible open to Hebrews chapter 10, let's join Brother Areza. And how true that is. Thank you, Joel, for that good introduction. Hello, friends. This is Evangelist Oliver Areza reminding you that someone's praying for you Thank you for joining us today. We are looking at the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10 and verse number 25. We're trying to give you some admonition about uh, church attendance. Church attendance, my, my, my. It is just so vitally important. And uh, sad to say, but uh, as a result of the lockdowns and the mandates and the fear that was placed upon the world back in March of 2020. Church attendance dipped. And so many folks have never, ever come back. But friend, it is truly very vital for each and every one of us. And I hope that I can say something that uh, the Lord will use in your heart and in your life for those that have fallen out of church you would decide to get back into church. But I do feel about church attendance and church membership just the way that uh, Dr. Tom Malone felt. If I am not seeing people saved and baptized in my church, and my church is not seeking to win the lost locally and abroad, I think I'd find another church. Well, with your Bibles open to Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 25, I want to read these verses to you, this verse here, maybe a couple of other verses. I'm looking in my Bible here. If you're able to grab a hold of a Bible, grab it, turn over to uh, Hebrews chapter number 10, and I'm going to um, begin reading with verse number 22. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Last week, I spoke to you about, uh, really, about the context of Hebrews chapter 10, about the believers, the Bible says, as the manner of some is. So we know that has, that has to mean, it can mean nothing else 
then when the book of Hebrews was being written, that there were believers that were not gathering when the church had been called to assemble for worship or witnessing or working, whatever the case may be. So this strong admonition was given to them that we're not to forsake the assemblings of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. But so much the more and other that we are to gather together for this, for the purpose of worship and witness and working and, and uh, those kind of things there. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. And folks, we are no doubt closer to the rapture than we have ever been ever in the history of mankind. Now, there are no signs for the rapture. Jesus is coming like a thief in the night. Now, we have signs of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's going to take place seven years after the rapture takes place. It'll be after the tribulation period. But the point is that uh, the verse was given to a group of people living in the, right, the days of the New Testament writers, admonishing them to not forsake the assemblings of themselves together as a local autonomous indigenous church. And um, so that's what we're relating it to. I tried to stress last week that there's no possible way that you can take Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and apply it to anything else. There are a lot of things that I'm sure that I preach and other preachers deal with, but folks just say, oh, that's not for me. That's really not what the Bible says. Now, remember, you're not accountable to me or anybody else. You are accountable to God, and you could be dead wrong about those things. But nonetheless, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and we're relating that to church membership because... You know, I'm an evangelist. I preach many meetings. I'm almost gone some days every week of the year, with the exception of some holidays and things of that nature there, and times that I have to be here for things that are taking place at the radio station. But I'm on the road, and I preach in a lot of churches, and I've been said many, it's been said to me many times that there are many folks that have fallen out of church during this, quote, pandemic or pandemic and they've never come back so you're the ones that I'm going after today you're the one that I am trying to encourage to gather your family back up together if you don't have a good bible believing bible preaching soul winning missionary minded church then find one and if you need help doing that get a hold of my office I will make some recommendations won't share that information with anybody but just you and you can make your decision as you pray about it and seeking the will of God for you and your family but that's what we're looking at Hebrews chapter 10 verse number 25 the title of the series is why is church essential we're going to go to the Lord in prayer then we're going to enjoy a beautiful song by a friend of mine he's in glory now brother Dan Daniels one of my favorite uh, male soloists, he's going to give us a song entitled, Trust and Obey, Surely an Old Time Favorite. Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus, and we ask that you'll give us help from heaven. Vain is the help of man. And Lord, all of us can make excuses about why we can't do things or why we can't obey. 
But I'm just praying that the Holy Ghost of God would go wherever these words are being heard by the listeners and speak to their hearts, souls, minds, spirit. Bring them to a place of truth and honesty and humility. And may many who have fallen out of church get back in church as a result of the conviction of the Spirit of God and the work of the Word of God in our lives. And use this frail preacher. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you were not able to uh, join us for the radio broadcast last week, I want to take just a moment and bring you up to speed. We were we ended up the broadcast last week about some Bible verses that help us to see God's thoughts about His churches 
we learn from Acts chapter 20, verse 28, that God is the one that owns the church. The verse says, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And then we look to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, and we learn that God, not only does he own the church, his churches, but he also loves his church. Husbands, love your wives. How much? Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So how much did God love the church? Well, he gave himself for it. Jesus gave himself for the church. That is how much he loves it. Now, this is where we ended off last year. We, we want to see from the Bible about, uh, about he want, what he wants. What does God wants his, want, want his churches to be like? Well, we're looking to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 again. If you're able to uh, open up a Bible, Ephesians 5 and verse 26 This is what the verse says, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Now, we know that washing of the water is symbolical uh, uh, about the ministry of the word of God upon the church, upon his churches. But the point to be made is this, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. God wants his church to be sanctified. Amen. That means to be set apart from everything else. And with that in mind, I don't think a church service ought to resemble a rock and roll, uh, a rock and roll concert. It is to be set apart. It's to be clean. Amen. God wants his churches to be clean. Amen. Clean with the washing of the water by the word. And I promise you, you have a pastor senior pastor that is taking his uh, over, oversight of, the, of God's church serious. And he is going to preach and teach systematically and passionately and through the power of the Holy Ghost of God, the Word of God, it's going to be a clean church. You see, what we, what we fail to preach against in church, we will fill our churches up with. What we neglect to deal with biblically with the church, in the church, will fill up our church. So if you keep the pulpit hot, you keep it hot, preaching hot and holy from the Word of God, you're going to have a clean church. This is what one of my mentors had to say about this subject Old-fashioned, spirit-filled, Christ-honoring, sin-hating, soul-winning, Bible-preaching. It is the hope of the church. It is the hope of the nation. It is the hope of the world, Dr. Jack Hiles. So God wants his church to be sanctified. God wants his church to be clean. God wants his church to be holy. Ephesians 5, 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Now, it'll be, it's important to notice the wording of verse number 27. He says, spot and wrinkle. So, you know, when a person, when, when we get old, we, we, gain, <laughs> we gain wrinkles. 
That's just a fact of life. We gain wrinkles. I think about a joke I read in the Reader's Digest many, many years ago now about a uh, wife that asked her husband. She had put on uh, a dress that had some wrinkles in it, and she was looking in the mirror, and she asked her husband, who really wasn't paying attention, and uh, she said, do you think they'll notice the wrinkles? And he said, no, your clothes will cover them up. Well, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have told that joke. But anyway, uh, this spot and wrinkle age spots, and there's talking about these wrinkles are wrinkles due to age. And then the verse uh, goes on to say that it should be uh, having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. So the point to be made is simply this, that God wants his church to be holy. He wants it to be alive. He wants it to be a young, vibrant a church that is producing souls, that's having babies. He's not talking about a dried, dead orthodoxy that has no life and no power and no vision and no zeal. His church is a lively church, and it's young, and it's reaching out, and things are happening. All of that must be consistent with the ownership and the love of God for his church and sanctified and clean and holy. Amen. You see, God wants his church to be the pillar and ground of the truth. According to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, which says, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So it sounds to me that uh, it sounds to me that that God has put a tremendous importance upon his church. And I'm stressing that it's his church. Sounds to me like God has plans for his church. And God has given us Bible verses that describe what his churches should be like. Amen. In these verses that we've looked at. But as we're thinking about these verses, I want us to go back. Now, I know it's a, it could be a pain in your mind, but we're going to go back to March of 2020 when the public was informed that we are entering into a pandemic. Now, folks, personally, I think if we are entering into a pandemic, I don't think anybody has to really tell us that a pandemic is happening. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, really uh, denying the deaths that have occurred uh, due to COVID-19, but I do believe that there have been many, 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 many deaths have been uh, given over to a COVID, a COVID reason when it could have been something else, but it just seems like people were trying to drive the numbers high. But simply, we're going back to March 2020 when the public was informed that we were going into a pandemic. And I never, never did I imagine that our government would deem the church as non-essential. But the government did. And uh, what started as a request from state governments and the Department of Homeland Security to stop all activities and shelter in place. And uh, 
the mandates, the mask, and then it moved real quickly into a total lockdown. And I literally heard people tell me they didn't go anywhere for a year. They didn't see anybody, didn't go to church, didn't go out to eat, didn't do anything. Oh, they ordered a, you know, a pickup or delivery, but they didn't go out for a year. They didn't go to a church and fellowship with people for a year plus. Now, I understand because we didn't know, you know, we didn't know what it was going to be like. Remember, we were told it's a, we're going we're gonna to take two weeks to, you know, to uh, curb this thing, to uh, control this thing here. And all of us made allowances for the recommendations. But the truth is, now we know. So it sparked a debate to whether church is or is not essential. Is church really essential? Is it essential? Well, here's some questions to think about. If it is essential, then why is church essential? If you say that church is essential, is it really essential to you? Now I want you to think about the definition of the word essential, necessary to the existence of a thing, necessary to the constitution or existence of a thing. So, does my attendance to a church service or my lack of attendance, does it really say something about me, about whether church is essential or non-essential? Uh, does it say something about me? Uh, remember, essential is necessary for the existence of a thing. Why is church essential? Well, to answer these questions, you'll have to tune in to the broadcast next week. This is Evangelist Oliver Areza reminding you that someone is praying for you. It is Brother Areza's intent to encourage you to find a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church and to attend faithfully, serve the Lord, and give your tithes and offerings to. Be sure to invite a friend to join you next week at this time on this fine station. You can hear this program again or past broadcasts by going to wvgvradio.com and click on the WVGV Productions tab. To follow Brother Areza on Twitter, follow him at EO Areza. This broadcast is listener supported. We're being underwritten by Areza Revival Ministries of West Union, West Virginia. To contact Evangelist Oliver Areza via email, use EOA at WVGVRadio.com. Someone's Praying for You is a Gospel Voice production. Clouds around you gather in the midst of the storm. Is your ship tossed and battered? Are you weary and worn? Don't lose hope, someone's praying for you this very day, and peace be still. It's already on the way. Someone is 
Jesus.